Welcome to Dear Friends and Dead Ends Podcast. My name is Ashley. My name is Cody. Cases may contain graphic material as well as explicit language. Intro music. Welcome to the Hell Zone by Spooky Black Vague 003 Remix. All right. Okay, okay. Episode 40. The big 4-0. My next birthday. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, hopefully everyone said their prayers for Sherry and waved a little toilet paper square in honor of her. Hopefully she's doing well. Sweet Sherriot. Sweet Sherriot. So I want to say thank you to everyone that's given us some love since we've come back. Like we know we have our, our crew, our core people, but there's also some other people. Unless they're just listening. Oh, is there? Yeah, unless they're just listening from, you know, like VPNs are always a possibility. You know what I mean? Like everyone has a VPN these days. At least I, right. I have one. So the countries that have tuned in, hypothetically, are obviously the U.S., uh, Japan, five downloads. Thank you so much. Uh, the Czech Republic, Denmark, the U.K., the Netherlands, and Ukraine. So why are you making that face? Do we support? I feel like the, I mean, yeah, of course we support Ukraine, but yes, they're already going through enough. They don't need to <laughs> they don't listen to us. <laughs> You're right. They don't need to hear our voices. That's mm. probably why it was one download. They were like, oh, fuck. And then they immediately were like, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm going. Life's hard enough right now. <laughs> right. We don't need these two fucktards. So Apple Podcasts is back up and running. It has all the episodes. So that is smooth. Good to go. Oh, very cool. Anyone that was asking, we are back on track. Everything is good. It might show up as a brand new show instead of like an old link that you had saved. Um, so just refind mm. it. It'll be there, which leads me to the other thing that I forgot. Because it's kind of a new show, we don't have any ratings. So if anyone loves us, wants to rate us five stars or whatever you think is appropriate, I honestly don't give a shit. Five. Yeah. So that would be five. great. Uh, you can also rate us on Spotify if you listen on Spotify. I don't know about Stitcher, but I know people have been listening there. We love being rated with five stars. I We do. I, I'm not going to beg for five stars. Whatever you feel is appropriate. Any rating helps. Five stars or get fucked. I'm really tempted to put that as the, uh, the episode title, but I'm not going to. Do it. Mm. I don't care. Obviously, you don't care. Come at me, bro. You look like an emo turtle today, by the way. I feel like an emo turtle today. Okay, so I have seen those liquid death cans or whatever, like, everywhere. Is it actually, does it taste good? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I like it. I, I stopped drinking soda. Right. So, like, I still like things with carbonation in it. Mm. Um, so I've been drinking the, like, the sparkling water liquid death. And I, I like it because it doesn't have the, a lot of times when you drink, like, the carbonated waters, it tastes really salty. Mm-hmm. And I, this one doesn't. Like, it's it's really good. I like it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I, like, I have to be in the mood for, like, seltzer water. So it kind of... Yeah, that's fair. It depends. I just... I, I'm, like, addicted to the carbonation. And it's better than drinking beer all the time. That is fair enough. And I applaud your better decisions. Hey, I'm trying. Okay. All right. Aren't we all? Technically, it's still a spooky season because Halloween is tomorrow when we're recording this. So... Correct. Still... 
So if you think of any other horror movies, feel free. I'm sure somebody will appreciate it. I, I've been slacking this year. I only... Oh, really? Yeah, I rewatched um, Train to Busan because Dana hadn't seen oh, okay. it, so we watched it. Yeah, that it. one was so... I fu- I oh, we didn't it. talk about that. I finally yes. watched that, and that was so badass. Yeah, so that movie good. is awesome. I love it. The ending was just... I think it was perfect. It was good. Yeah, it's fantastic. Did you watch the sequel, the other one? I, ha- I haven't yet. Me either. I have to. Depending on how it goes tonight, I might watch that. There's been a couple other other movies that I've been looking at. It's a zombie movie, everyone. So if you love zombie movies, highly recommend. Yeah, and it's the really exciting, like fast zombies. Yeah, it's that's not true. the it's not the slow shuffle, like build up tension sort of shit. It's fucking pounce on you, eat your shit. Did you ever see the the um, the French movie? It's really like uh, it's really quiet, but I think it's more realistic. Um, it's like when the the night eats the dead or something like that it's and instead you just hear like their teeth oh like but it's it's not a silent movie it's just it depicts what it would probably be like and they do yeah they do move decently they just do it very quietly with no screaming uh i watched it like a couple years ago that's kind of fun so uh, yeah it's i think it's it really creeped me out because of how it felt like that's actually what it would be like yeah. So. Oh, that's neat. I would recommend I like that. it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's like the night eats the dead or something. Oh, Zane reached out to me and said that he uh, he watched Barbarian on my suggestion and he loved it. Oh, look at so, you! Approved by Zane as well. Excellent. I still have to watch that. I've just been kind it's, of really it's busy. It's so fucking crazy. <laughs> it's it's so great. Okay, I'm definitely gonna have to look in, into that one. Because that one isn't the Shutter only, right? That that was no. That one's on HBO Max. Even better, I have that. Excellent. Just want to make sure I cover everything that I needed to housekeeping wise. Yeah, I think we're good. I am going first today. I think, pretty sure. Because you went first. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Yeah. So this case is somewhat funny, somewhat not. Obviously, the person going missing. That part's not funny it's the other things obviously i don't want to set it up as like hilarious it just has its moments they went missing because they slipped on a banana peel waka waka thank you cody's just here for you know shits and giggles oh wait that's sherry's job (laughs) (laughs) oh sherry i don't know what's wrong with me i'm sorry sherry I hope she left her husband. That's like the big thing that I have to think about. I really hope she fucking left him. All right. Yeah, probably for the best. So this is the case of Donna May Barrel. I love her name. Her last name's Barrel? Yeah, but guess how it's spelled. It's not spelled how you think, which is why I had to look up on a video how you pronounce it. So it's B-A-Y-E-R-L, but it's pronounced Barrel. B-A-Y-E-R-L. Like bear, aspirin, and then an L. Oh. Kind of. Huh. Okay. Very similar. So, yeah, that, hmm. that threw me off. That threw me off. What an adorable name. Donna May, I think, is adorable. It's one word. She was born June 20th of 1940. She wore dark brown eyeglasses. Why are you making that fucking face? I don't, I don't know why, but I'm not used to you doing, like, older stories. Okay. So when you said 1940, I was like, I was like, that, that was many years ago. I don't know. I'm sorry I gave you whiplash with my details. Uh, Yeah, sorry. My bad. All good. 
She wore dark brown eyeglasses, which framed her brown eyes and complemented her dark brown hair. At a height of 5'6", she was considered average height, and weight uh, for me is kind of irrelevant. I don't remember what it said. So she had an average physique. She wasn't super skinny. She wasn't, you know, heavily overweight, anything like okay. that. At the time she vanished, she was seen wearing a white blouse and blue pants. Can I ask you a quick question? Yes. When you said how tall she was, you definitely, like, <laughs> glanced at me and then smirked. <laughs> And then went back to trying to talk about how she, whatever, she might be fat. She's do I, not, do, so. I must do that subconsciously. Oh, yeah. It was very like, it was very like, uh, let's talk about how she's the average height for a woman. I didn't Cody. Say, I didn't say that. I that's, that's. It, maybe I, maybe I'm being defensive. Yeah. Maybe you're reading too much but, into it. It felt very much so like she was 5'6", <laughs> the height of a lady. <laughs> That's not what I was doing. You know, okay. no, you know what it All is? Right. No. I did this case, like I researched this weeks ago when we were in Las Vegas. So mm -hmm. I remember very little. And so I looked at you because I wasn't sure if I had a joke coming up. And I was like, what is coming next? Okay. Fair enough. All right. There wasn't one, for the record. Cody decided to talk about himself and insert himself where no one asked. That sounds very... Story of my life. Ugh. If that's the story of your life, uh, you should probably be in jail. All right. Anyway, Donna May Barrel. Missing. Okay? Mm -hmm. The following account uh, and details from her quasi-reliable husband. They all come from him, so... After she goes missing. This is Muskego, I believe, Wisconsin, May 6th, 1979. So, okay. So she is 39, or almost 39. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot I did some research of things that are in 1979. If you need to gas up your car in 1979, it was 86 cents a gallon. Oh, my God. Just to take us back. A month's rent is about $280. I mean, it's all relative, you know, somewhat. Uh, yearly income is around 17500 So, you know what I mean. It's different in some ways, different. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, an Atari is $200, so that hasn't changed a whole lot. Right. That stuff is still pretty expensive. Decently expensive, right? But so was a Sony Walkman at the time. God damn, for real? Mm-hmm. $200 for a fucking Walkman? Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Brand new technology, man. And then a Corolla would set you back about $3,700. So that's changed. Oh, yeah. An awful lot. $3,700. Yep. For a brand new car. Mm -hmm. 1979. And you were making almost 18000 a year. Yeah. Wait... If you didn't spend money on anything else, you could buy, like, six cars a year. Yeah, because you definitely can't do that now. Also, in 19... What? I don't know. Also, in 1979, the Sahara Desert experienced snow for the... Oh, for an entire half hour. Whoa! I didn't know that. I didn't know that happened. That sounds kind of sick, though. To have, like, actual snow in the desert, that sounds fucking cool. Could you imagine how confused the camels were? 
Like, they were probably like, what the fuck? And the other yeah. animals. Do they have... Hmm. Like monkeys? In the desert? Penguins? Tigers? In the desert? There was a tiger in Aladdin. I didn't say the Sahara jungle. I said the Sahara desert. You think... Do you think, uh... How is Jasmine's, a tiger surviving? Was Jasmine's tiger a, like, import? I don't know. Me either. That's some of the fun things we ponder on this podcast. I think I already have a headache. Like, I don't... <laughs> uh, also in 1979, China would institute its one-child-per-family policy. So. All right, so some hits and some misses. A little bit. A little bit. So now we're coming to John Barrel, the husband of Donna May. He states Donna May left the home using the household car to unwind, chill out a bit, as you do after you have a fight. You know, somebody leaves sometimes. Things became intense, so it was better to let things rest a bit. They did have kids, so, you know, it's better just to cool off. Yeah. Staying there at the house on, I think it's Fenimore Lane, he noticed Donna May had not returned around 10.20 p.m. He went to bed, admittedly unconcerned. Okay. That was fair. Right. So we come to about an hour later at 11.20 that evening. John has been woken by the garage door opening as a car pulls in. A door slams. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yet John remains in the bedroom. He hears movement, then a car turning around in a nearby gravel driveway. The car slowly drives away. Okay. John finally gets some level of curiosity, goes downstairs after no sign of Donna May. He says their car is now there, but the garage door has been left open. Almost like right. she came, left it, and then left with someone, right? Yeah. That's kind of like what he's saying is probable. The pin to hold the garage door shut was gone and remained unaccounted for. I didn't realize that was a thing, but I guess that was a thing. Yeah, what then. the fuck does that mean? I guess the garage door wouldn't stay down unless you pinned it. That's uh, oh, is that a thing? Okay, I was thinking like pin number. Oh, not like physical pin. Right. That makes that okay. Is that yep. a thing? That makes is sense it to me. It's like, is it because it's like retractable? So if it's not pinned, it just automatically goes back up. Maybe that's like a safety thing, or so it doesn't fall down on someone. It it could. It could just be to, like, Lock secure it. it. Like, uh, so, yeah, so, you know what I mean? Like, not necessarily... Yep. Everyone is like, yeah, no shit, you idiots. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, like, oh, both of us completely missed the points on two different things. Cool. It's all good. Look at us go. It's all good. With two brains, we have three quarters of one. No one has any expectations, I can tell you that right now. No one is expecting a thing. That's fair. All right. So, you know, the pin is unaccounted for for the garage door. All of Donna May's possessions were left behind, including her clothing. So she didn't take anything if she did come home and leave the car. Everything's still there. She didn't pack anything. Okay. Kind of weird. Three days later, John decides to do something about his missing wife. And he pers- Three days later? Yep. Damn, bro. Yeah. Uh, as I said, admittedly unconcerned. Yeah, but fucking three hours unconcerned is quite a bit different from 72 hours unconcerned. Maybe he's not good at math or time. Maybe he was a drunkard. Or marriage. Or marriage. (laughs) Oh, just that happens sometimes. You need three days missing from your spouse. Sometimes you're not good at marriage. 
I don't know. He proceeds to tell police in the most nonchalant manner. He states $200 is missing and that they had been fighting. He also tells police he is unconcerned by her disappearance. Why the fuck would you tell the police that? Completely unbothered. I don't I I don't know. I fucking it is what it is. You know. You know how this shit goes. I just I don't know. Let me see. Cause it's basically like obviously he's framing it like Donna May just fled. Left right. everything. So Donna May's family, unlike John, is quite concerned. Uh, Donna had two daughters with John. It was not in her character to be flighty. She would never just abandon her kids. Like most mothers, you know, she wanted to be there. That's not something she was going to miss, you know, them growing up. Yeah. So while I know that does happen, sometimes people do just flee, even mothers. Uh, that was not in her character. It's not something that she had done before. Listed below, I forgot about this, are several completely inconspicuous things John says and does when his wife, Donna May, vanishes. Oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> Refuses to discuss with police the reason for their argument. Okay. Did all the laundry, which he had never done, even reportedly when his wife was too sick to do it on occasion. A little suspicious. Police notice a stained quilt and rug still in the house. I forgot that. I guess that's just another detail. So John went bowling right after his wife vanishes. <laughs> I'm presuming the next night or two. I, I don't think that night, obviously. Okay. Um, he just so happens not to mention his missing wife to any of his co-workers, behaving also as if she would, <laughs> also behaving as if she would never be coming back. Okay. All right. Uh, he states that as a family, they had gone shopping that day and then grabbed dinner earlier, um, before they had the argument. Their daughters, however, said they stayed home and saw their parents fighting all day while their mother was not feeling well. The last time they'd see their mother is when she tucked them into bed that night. So I'm assuming this is also before the argument. Ooh. All right. Yes. After the disappearance, Donna May's sister came to look after the girls. This is when she saw bloodstains on the wall inside of the garage, even inside the car on a bottle. She doesn't say what the bottle was, but there was a bottle somewhere in there um, that, okay. had, that had bloodstains. Items had been knocked over as if there was a struggle without DNA evidence or testing, you know, it was kind of hard to know, but police could determine it was the blood type of Donna May and not her husband. So we couldn't, oh, wow. so we couldn't say, oh, I cut myself. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It was, it was her blood type. John plays dumb. Allegedly, he says that uh, he's clueless as to how it got there. He has no idea. For all he knows, mm. she cut herself when she borrowed the car. Right. Furthermore, Donna May's family states she was very career-driven, she was very independent, but when she had her daughter, she had to rely on John for their finances, and he withheld money and only gave her small amounts at a time. He purposely mm. gave her very, very little. Oof, okay. Yeah, it's, so it's it's going well, guys. It's going it's, well. Can, just real quick, can you imagine, like, working yes, in the same... Okay. Can you, can you imagine, um, working with someone in the same office? Oh, you're still on that. And you're sitting in the break room and it just like comes up on the news like, Hey, this woman's missing. And you're like, <laughs> you've been here all week. You didn't say shit about your missing wife. 
You've been eating Cheetos and licking your fingers like you ain't give a shit. Dude. Oh. Uh, yeah. I'd be like, you oh, know, really, Cheeto boy? Oh, really? I should have said something the first day, but once I got onto the second day, it just felt like it was going to be awkward if I mentioned it now. So I just felt like I missed my opportunity. I'd just keep it to myself. <laughs> oh, all right, cool. Well, your your wife's probably dead. When I get really stressed, I get really quiet. But also, mm. I go bowling. Naturally. It's quiet bowling. The, bowling the, for the, the soul. The quiet in my soul versus the crash and thunderous noise of bowling. It's just the perfect yin and yang. I was bowling for Donna. Instead of for soup. Yes. I was hoping she would hear my strikes and she would return to me and return our garage pin. I need it. That's all he's concerned about. Probably. That's <laughs> fuck less if she comes home. I'm going to have to buy another garage pin. Those are like $3. You know how many gallons of gas that is at that time? At least three. Three gallons. At least three. <laughs> Part of another one. Three and some change. I mean, he clearly he was traumatized. Yeah. What if maybe he was like, in theory, okay, let's theorize, right? The timing's just not right. Like maybe someone's cat died, someone's mom is in the hospital, someone get hit, right. gets hit by a car or something, heaven forbid. And he's like, maybe timing's just not right on this. Yeah. Because at that point, if his story is true, which I very seriously doubt. Right. So let, let's say it's true, right? She likely leaves with someone. It could be anyone. It could be a friend, like non-sexual, just like someone to just mm-hmm. crash with, right? Then he's all like, she left on her own. You know, maybe she just needs some space. I'd hate to, you know, start this conversation and then be like, just kidding, guys. She walked back in with that garage pin on Saturday, you know? But how how many fucking days do you let pass? Um, if you're John, three. You, you, she needs some time to herself. I'll give her, uh, like that, what was that, uh, 120, I'll give her 127 hours. Additional evidence came from letters written to Donna May's friend. And this was obviously before she vanishes, Right. So about 30 to 40 letters came in a year's time, I believe, from Donna May. So I believe this is just okay. one way communication that accounts for the 30 or 40, not like between the two. So Donna May would reveal truly what their home life was like. In the letters sent to Michigan, she stated that physical abuse transpired even to the point of being thrown down the stairs of her own basement. Oh, Jesus. So if we weren't a fan of John... No, fuck this guy. Yeah, like, uh, I think, unfortunately, he's still alive, so hopefully that changes soon. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure he He was probably guilty. there on January 6th. Seems like the type. I think he was incarcerated, actually. But in spirit. Oh. Just kidding, guys. Okay, John... Oh, God, I forgot about this part. John tried to get Donna May to sign a document relinquishing the home to him should she die, you know, accidentally. Donna May wouldn't mm, sign it. Go her. Never what you want. If it's going to happen anyway, you are nope. not going to give them. You ain't, getting, you ain't getting nothing from me, bitch. Uh, John finally admits that he had a two-year affair and had hit her uh, multiple different times. Legally, we find out Jesus. John's previous wife, his 
His first divorced him, citing cruel and inhuman treatment after two years of marriage. This is not his first rodeo. He's been cruel to other people before, and usually it's not something where it's brand new. Usually it's been, like, recurrent behavior, unfortunately. Um, Yeah. Okay. So, John does some casual filing of his own when three months after Donna May vanishes, he files for divorce. Oh, in the notes, it states he never changes and continues abusing women in his following relationships. They just don't mention the specifics of those other relationships. So, it seems he... I mean, that's correct. Once you're abusive, you're usually Uh, almost always abusive unless you actually seek to change your behavior. Right. All right. So, there's... There's some good that comes out of this a little bit, I think. Yes. So, February 2019, John is arrested in Florida. John gets charged with first-degree murder. Uh, It's a circumstantial case, but important pieces of evidence get collected. One of which is a phone conversation he has with one of his and Donna May's daughters in 2009. So, the daughter, I guess, had recorded Mm -hmm. it. Okay. He states, something happened, and I, it, I, I'm sure that her heart's not beating, because if it was, she would have found her way back. He said, wait, what did he say? Something happened, and I, it, I, I'm sure that her heart's not beating, because if it was, she would have found her way back. I don't think I've heard anyone ever phrase it that way. I, I mean, I mean, there's a way to say it. I don't think that's the, the yeah. way. That's not the way someone would normally say it, I don't think. But the good news is we don't have to... I mean, while we would love to have her, you know, rest in a plot, you know, where people can visit her, we have never found her body, but John does get convicted. So that's the good news. So he's in prison. Oh, good. Yeah, alive. that's awesome. Okay, anyway. Wait, aren't these supposed to be unsolved? I mean, where she is is unsolved. Oh, okay. All right, I respect that. So, I have our... I'm going to say headline because it's not really lighthearted. And it has an even more not-so-fun twist to it. But the good news is the victim is alive. Okay? Okay. We're going to go with that. You're not selling me. Kidnapping victim escapes captor. This is from Investigation Discovery, by the way. Victim escapes captor pleads for help outside a Missouri home. So it's Missouri. Think what you will. So on the morning of October 6th of this year. So this just happened this month. Yes. Oh. A woman showed up screaming for help at a house in Excelsior Springs, Missouri. She explained that she'd been taken from Kansas City back in the beginning of September. So basically about a month. Um, She was reportedly held captive in a small basement room where she was kept bound. She was whipped, raped uh, repeatedly by her captor. So, like, really, really tough stuff. When the woman escaped, she was bound with duct tape and had a metal collar around her neck. And she somehow still managed to escape. Like, I am so happy for her that she got out. Because God knows what, you know, we all know it wouldn't have ended well. So, court documents reveal that she had also been restrained with handcuffs on her wrists, ankles. She had obvious signs of trauma. Uh, She was malnourished. Um, Let me see. So, the woman escaped after her captor left to take his child to school. So, I'm not sure if that child was also in the house, if the child lived somewhere else and he picked him up or her up. 
Yes. Yes. Ew. Yeah. We're going to take it even further in the what the fuck, really horrible people direction. Okay. Um, the captor's name is Timothy Hazlitt Jr. And he's been charged with rape, assault, and kidnapping a woman. He is an avowed white supremacist. And the victim was black. So, mm. real fucked up. Special levels of fucked Jesus up. Jesus Christ. At the time of the article, which was October 21st, he was being held on half a million dollars bond. And that is where we are so far. Everything else is going to be, you know, investigation. But this complete shitbag. Oh, you should see a picture of this this prize. This gem of a human being. Let's see if I can get it in there real good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he doesn't look stable. He's got luscious hair, but that's about it. Yeah, that's that's where that is. He does have pretty nice hair, yeah. The good news is that that woman is alive. She is going to have a lot of therapy, a lot, to get herself back to where she was. But my thoughts are with her, and I hope that she recovers oh, yeah. as swiftly as she can. And I'm sure she's got family around her to kind of, uh, you know, keep her going. But I'm so glad she's alive. I'm so That's glad bonkers. she made it out. Because considering the kind of restraints that were on her, I, I don't know how she escaped. I don't know how she managed to figure that out. Like, I don't know if she had been working on it the whole time and, like, you know, just yeah, chipped away, insane. chipped away, kind of what happened, whatever. But, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. It's not an upper this week, but, you know. Yeah, it's fucked. It's good news in the end that, you know, that she's alive. So at least she was able to free yes, herself. Yes, correct. One second. <laughs> okay. Here's Wavy. Oh, babies. Oh, and hi, Wavy. And the one that's really meowing. Oh, nope, just kidding. Here's Holmes. Oh. Holmes is like, he's snuggled up. He is like, the second favorite. I gotta be right. I know, I love you, baby. This is our oldest cat. There's two more behind you. Watch out. <laughs> she doesn't like this, apparently. Hi, Piper. No, okay. Alright, so I've showed you, there we go. Winchester. Say hi. Oh. <laughs> oh, are you purring into the mic? That's so sweet. Thank you. Oh, that was so cool. It was funny because you were like talking to the two, uh, I think it was Wavy Holmes. and the other one, like at the beginning. Yeah. And then I see the two gray ones jump up on the bed behind you and just like. <laughs> just kind of looking at what's going on. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. There they are. Oh, they are Sneaking so like They both love the bathtub for oh. no reason. And the sink, they love water. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sevy and Winchester are so much alike. Oh, that's so cute. And little Piper. Oh, Piper. All right. Cool. So it's me, correct? By process of elimination, yes. Yes. All right. Uh, I am doing the case of Lindsay Elizabeth Buziak. She was a 24-year-old up-and-coming real estate agent okay. in 2008. She was relatively new to the field, but she did show a lot of promise. Um, she was like one of the uh, junior associates or whatever. Like when you get into like a real estate firm, you're like a right. junior at first and then you graduate, whatever. Being as she was pretty new to the field, she was pretty surprised to get a call in late January of that year. 
So 2008. It was from a woman with what she said was a strange, unidentifiable accent and was very insistent with working with her. And she was looking to buy a house as soon as possible. She had a million dollar budget and again, wanted to buy from Lindsay. Red flags all around. Right. So she had only, Lindsay, that is, had only had a handful of clients at that point. So she was confused to hear that a previous client, which she didn't really have any of, as she was the junior, so there were cases or there were uh, sales that she had helped work with, but she didn't have any right. clients of her own really. So she was she was confused to have this woman say, "Oh, well, one of your past clients suggested you." It's like okay. She was based out of Victoria, British Columbia. And her boyfriend actually came from a very successful family that actually ran okay. their own real estate firm. <clears throat> so so she went to her boyfriend. Uh, her boyfriend's name was Jason Zalo uh, for advice. Her boyfriend didn't really see a downside. Why wouldn't you take a sale if someone's trying to throw a million dollar sale at you? I... Told her, okay. yeah, I know. And that's the that's the other thing is like that that's one of those things that it feels like one of those shitty guy things where guys would be like, yeah, of course, you're going to fucking do it. Why wouldn't you do it? But like as a woman, I know Sarah's told me like it's you have to think so about safety. situations mm-hmm. that you're yeah, that yeah. you're getting yourself into. Well, so, yeah, of course, he's like, yeah, fucking do it, babe. And. She was like, oh, well, I mean, it's it's pretty weird, kind of suspicious. And he did agree with her. Sure, it was a little weird. But commission on a million-dollar sale would really help her establish herself. He offered uh, to come to whatever property she ended up finding for this mystery buyer to hang out for extra safety. Yeah, which yes, is good. You know, especially if she's already telling you she feels uncomfortable about it. Yeah, fucking be there and support her. Keep her safe. Um, He told her, you know, if you want me to just stay in my car, I can do that. If you want me to come in, I can do that. It's, but, you know, I'll be there for you. There's nothing, nothing's going to happen. She decided that made her comfortable enough to decide to meet the buyer. And they set up a appointment for the property that she thought this buyer would like on February 2nd, 2008 at 5.30. So the day of the walkthrough was a normal Saturday. Nothing, nothing crazy going on. Lindsay and Jason went to a restaurant before the appointment. They had driven separately as she decided she didn't want to make the buyers uncomfortable. So if he could just like be parked a little ways up the street, just okay. If 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 I feel uncomfortable, they were they. This was 2008, so text messages were mm-hmm. definitely a thing, and they would update each other constantly. Like they were okay. constantly in contact. She was like, "Listen, just park up the street a little bit. I'm probably just being silly. You were right. Like it's probably nothing. I'll meet I'll meet this woman and do the sale." So they had driven separately, and they decided, like I said, to get food beforehand. 
Um, they have it on their credit card statement that they paid the bill at 424 and headed towards the appointment. Okay. Jason did have to pick up a colleague before they, before the appointment. So his colleague was actually getting work done on his car. He went over, picked up his friend that he works with, or, you know, just coworker. And they decided some, some shit happened. They didn't really say exactly what, but shit comes up and it actually ended up making them late. So they, so Jason and his coworker were seen leaving for the property at 5.30. So they were actually at the auto place. When was she meeting the client again? And at 5.30. Okay, okay, okay. So they, he, was, he was actually provably not on site while the okay. meetup was starting. Okay. He had he had told her, like, hey, listen, I'm running late. I'm really sorry. I'll be there in a few minutes. Like you said, I'll just be right up the street. It was about a 10-minute drive. So he actually pulled up right around 540. In the meantime, before he's gotten there, Lindsay was at the, high, uh, was at the house as the buyers were walking up the cul-de-sac. So the house was on a cul-de-sac. You go down, there's the big circle at it, right? So there's four houses around the cul-de-sac. If you're looking into the cul-de-sac, they're seeing the one on the far right. So four houses spread out. Basically, this one is pointing in towards the cul-de-sac. And because of that, there's actually a street at the back property line of this house's property. So the one street over. You know what I'm saying? It, one, it was pretty odd that they're walking like they come around the corner onto the street right. walking. And uh, the woman had told her that she would be alone. And then she shows up mm-hmm. with a man. So it's it's the woman with the unidentifiable accent and a man that Lindsay wasn't expecting. Um, yeah, that would immediately be like, hmm. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, nope, I'm good. We're going to yeah. wait. In our cars. But this, the the introduction of the couple and Lindsay was actually witnessed by one of okay. the neighbors. Okay. So they said specifically, it looked like the two people were comfortable okay. with each other, walked up right. to Lindsay, and Lindsay very professionally... But almost, it wasn't it wasn't warm enough of an introduction that it made the neighbor think they had met each other before. It was very formal. It was very professional looking. The neighbor said specifically, like, it definitely seemed like it was the first time they were meeting. So, again, she wasn't expecting this guy. They walk up the street, and the three of them enter the house. Roughly 10 minutes later, like 540 or so, uh, Jason and his colleague pull up and they're parking in front of the house. And as they pull up, they see someone in the front door window. So it's one of those kind of like, not frosted, but like the the windows that kind of make it hard to see completely what's yeah. on the other side. You can still see it and make out details, but it kind of distorts okay. it a little bit. 
but they, they see a person at the front door window. So they park, and they're just sitting there, and then Jason, they're sitting there for about 10 minutes, and Jason's like, I feel real, like, I just feel weird about this. I feel like I'm, I like, I shouldn't be here. This is weird. Like, what if the buyers are looking out and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? And they don't want to buy the house. I'm probably making the neighbors uncomfortable because I'm a new car around here. I'm going to go to the next street over. No. So he, he drives around to the street that was behind the house. Right. And just parks when he parks there. He texts his girlfriend, Lindsay. Hey, is everything okay? Just, you know, making sure. So she didn't respond. In fact, he could see that it sat unopened. So I'm assuming it was probably like an iPhone or something where even when they... Yeah. Um, so he, like I said, he was at like the street behind the property that his girlfriend where is currently showing. From. He texts her. When they coming to the house right uh, potentially yeah okay yeah um so he's sitting there and he texts her and hey are you all right and she doesn't answer and then another 10 minutes go by and he decides okay no now now this feels weird like it it's been 20 minutes and i have no confirmation from her that she's okay. I'm I'm going to go check on her. So he drives back around to the original street. He pulls up to the house this time. He sees the backs of the couple as they walk back in the house. And he's he figures, oh, oh well, if they're walking back into the house, they're probably just like finishing up. So it's okay if I if I show up now. Like they've they've likely already made their decision. So he walks up a moment behind them and he notices that all the lights are off and the door's locked, even though they just went through this door. Mm-mm. So he bangs on the door, he bangs on the door, and no one answers. He can't see any movement in the house. And then he kind of does the thing where you get real close to the glass and you try and look through. And he sees his girlfriend's shoes sitting in the front hallway. Because she would walk barefoot or whatever through the houses as to not like... Yeah. So so she had just kicked her shoes off. They were sitting at the front there. He sees them. So he's like, oh, well, I know she's still in here. Her car's still here. Her shoes are right there. Bang, 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 bang. So he keeps banging. No one answers. Bang, 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 bang. No one answers. He starts getting really uneasy. And he calls 911. As you should. So... Yeah, he he didn't he really didn't waste any time. He knocked a few times and he got to the point where he was just repeatedly banging and he's pounding on the door and dials 911 at the same time. So he's on the phone with 911 and he's telling them like exactly what essentially I've just told you guys. And his colleague gets out and goes, "You know what? I'm going to walk around back. Maybe they're in the backyard and they just can't they don't hear us." So the colleague walks around back and he ends up finding a hole in the fence and he kind of squeezes through 
and he gets close enough that he can see the back of the house and he sees that the back patio is okay. open. The door is just wide mm -hmm. open. And he yells, he yells around the house to Jason. Jason, probably not really thinking, hangs up the phone and goes sprinting around to the back of the house. So he gets around to the back of the house. They like kind of like call into the house. They no one answers. So he does a quick scan of the he's like running at this point, darting through the house trying to find her. Runs around the first floor. Doesn't see her. So he goes yeah. upstairs. And he finds Lindsay brutally oh. stabbed to death in a pool of blood in the master oh. bedroom. He calls 911 again, and essentially as the operator's picking up, um, the, the emergency okay. vehicles pull up. Ambulance, cops, everything. Um, she was pronounced dead at the scene. Jason and his colleague were taken right. in. Right, like... For, uh, taken into custody. Jason and the colleague, like I said, were taken into custody, but quickly, quickly cleared as they, again, like I stated, were literally on video elsewhere when all of this started and the neighbor going saw on. Other they were people. quite, yeah. the, the neighbor saw a couple go into the house with Lindsay. He was not there, so he was quickly cleared. The police think the killers had done it previously, and this was a, a, a repetition. This was a repeat of crimes that they've possibly done in the past because it was clearly yeah. premeditated. They were incredibly clean about everything. There was no DNA at the scene. There was really nothing to go on. What... The police believe is that the couple saw Jason pulling back up to the house, turned around, went back into the house, and probably took out out of the patio, left through the fence that they used to get in, and was on the way back to their getaway car on the street that they had just 10 minutes been right, parked on. Right, but he would have had no idea. He... He would have had no idea. Um, so that that would explain, like you caught on to earlier, that's probably why they were just walking up. They weren't on foot. Right. Like, the entire time. So obviously, they probably parked a getaway car pretty close by. Um, the, the, the weirdest part is when... They were investigating everything because they actually still, I believe, are investigating as of today. And they're because DNA keeps getting better and better and better. They think they might have some leads, but they I couldn't find any information on them. Understandable. Um, but there was DNA nowhere in the house, but there was DNA mm. on her. There was there. She she mm -hmm. wasn't robbed. She wasn't sexually assaulted. She. They think she was likely just ambushed from behind because she didn't even have defensive wounds. Oh. So what I started to say was 
an even stranger point, the client that supposedly referred the woman yeah. to Lindsay, that client was actually in jail at that time, and there would have been, had been for some time, and there would have been no way to communicate any of the information to the outside world at the time that of this supposed referral. Oh, like they were in solitary or something. Yeah, they there was. They said there's absolutely no way he was communicating with the outside, so there's no way for him to refer someone. So it was likely just chosen at random because some of the other strange things were uh, the the um, cell phone that was used mm-hmm. for all the calls was only on the the specified days. So the day that they called, they could see that the phone was on that time on at that time and had like the cell phone tracking pings. Um, And then the day of the murder, when they had to touch base to make sure everything was okay for the meetup. Um, But it was a burner phone. It was just a, it was a prepaid phone and they took the ferry over from, I think it said from Vancouver. Um, but, but yeah, it, it, it just, everything seemed like it was random because even to activate the phone, you have to put an address on file, but the address on file was for a business that wasn't even open at that time. So it was likely just picked randomly. It just lots of weird stuff. But, yeah, that's just never solved. Like, what? It, that's one of those things that's that's fucks me up. Is like, what if you were just, like, like obviously you can't, but like, what if you were just on time? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't blame yourself or anything right, like I'm that. Sure, but like, to some degree, what if he has yeah. probably. Yeah. And they said that he passed like a lie detector test. He was he was wildly helpful at all points in investigation. He was always super cooperative. Um so he he like I said, he he wasn't a suspect at all and he he really was trying to work with the police to get closure for his girlfriend, but yeah, it's just like it's so insane to me. Just like and it again, it just seems so chosen at random Mm -hmm. like it that's what's that's what's scary i i don't remember what podcast it was it may have been and that's why we drink which is my favorite podcast um but i have heard this outside of this one uh but i've heard this story before so as as soon as you Mm. said like a realtor like and like couldn't tell the accent i was like ah Uh yeah it do it's so crazy and then so there was another thing i wasn't gonna include it because it it didn't seem i I, wonder if i don't know it it seems like it seems Mm -hmm. like speculation but um so later in 2008 i'm i'm reading this straight from the wikipedia page just straight up i'm reading it from the wikipedia page Later in 2008, a close friend of Lindsay's called Nikki. Um, 
Oh, called Nikki. <laughs> uh, claimed that she Who's Nikki? claimed that she was awakened by a telephone call in the middle of the night from an unknown number. Okay. As she was asleep, she did not register much of what the female caller was saying, but she noticed that the caller had a strange accent that she could not mm. place. She became scared when she remembered that Lindsay had reported that her unidentified client and possible murderer had an odd accent that she could not put her finger on, and which she thought may have been fake. Now, fully awake, she called the number back, but no one picked up. She called repeatedly, 20 or 30 times, until someone answered. Good job. The person on the other end of the line was... Shirley Zalo. Shirley, Nikki asked Shirley why she called her and how she had her number as they did not know each other. Shirley replied that she meant to call another Nikki, her secretary, and that she didn't know why this Nikki's number was in her contact list, but presumed that her son, Jason, must have added it. Shirley categorically denies that this event occurred, and it has not been publicly revealed whether Nikki's claim was followed up by the authorities. So, if that is a mom trying to protect her son, of course she's going to tell her, hey, not this shit. But, it, it just, it, that's, that's weird. That's really weird. Especially that it's, it says it's not and I was waiting for you know this what I mean? part because I definitely remembered that part. So that mm-hmm. that makes it so tough because you want to believe him that he's genuine and you want to believe that there aren't, you know, really weird things going on. But the fact that it's his mom with yeah. the accent and right, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. And who would be the couple then if that like and is right. the colleague just saying he was there? Did he have to? I like it. It doesn't make sense to me. It it doesn't. No, it's it's still it it doesn't. That that's one of those things that like it's yeah. hearsay and it also doesn't really track with the details of you know what the rest of the case sounds like. At the same time, it's like, well, why is she gonna just say that? Why would she make that up? Yeah, why would she just lie? I just, yeah. That is one case that I am very curious to see how this plays out, and I hope we do get answers. I hope that they are close to cracking it. That would be really cool to find out how, if his mom does play into this, whether him knowingly or not, I think it'd be absolutely off the walls batshit if she was up to some shit. Yeah. Like, if she was just, like, fucking psycho. And then because she either yeah. didn't like Lindsay or whatever, like not okay reason, doesn't matter. Um, right. And he had no idea or kind of how that plays in. Because obviously there's two people that show up that a neighbor sees. So you'd have to explain that. And that just, that's yeah. weird. Super strange. Although, hold on, hold on. I don't know. So he his family is like a realtor family, right? They've been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. All in that area. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm just saying. Uh, I don't really want 
point fingers, so I'm going to chill. Yep. I don't know. I don't know any. All right, well, we've reached the end once again. The dead end. The dead end. You're welcome. Dear friends. Where we run out of things to talk about. And then it just gets progressively more awkward until I yell Which you're bye. not going to do just yet. And <laughs> Ashley hangs up on me. Not quite. I usually do some type of like wrap up thing while you're busy screaming into a microphone. So, yes. Yep. So, dear friends, dead ends pod on Instagram. You can DM us. Um, we post different things. We are, I have it ready to go. We are going to post the picture of a few cases back where it is the police sketch of what looks like Tom Brady and handsome Squidward mashed together. So I am going to post that for you guys to see if you didn't already look it up and um, all the different faces that we've talked about over the last few weeks. I am going to post them as well. Dear friends, dead ends at Gmail episode 40. Take send us what? things. Episode 40. Send us emails. Um, Cody would like things to put his butt cheeks on. Yeah. Send me some pictures. Some pictures. Okay. <laughs> Rub my butt on the computer screen. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Oh. It wasn't. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Happy belated Halloween. Whatever. Do what you want. Sure. Day of the dead. Happy fall. Yes. Give thanks. Or something. Bye. (laughs) Oh, you actually stopped. Nailed it. Okay. I did. All right. Thank you guys so much. We will see you next week.